Apocalypse Rock Chapter 46 Definitely Not Tourists I get it, Dougie. Sometimes you just want to, like, wring someone's neck until they're dead as dead can be. Gus and Doug were standing by the old and battered station wagon. But I really need to say that what you just did was transgressive. You look like you'd lost your freaking mind. I watched a video last night, Doug said in a low voice, leaning against his car and glancing over Gus's shoulder at the cafe behind him. It was about shining wind, him and golden years, in July. Doug shivered as he lit a moist and slightly bent cigarette. It took him several tries. Zip up your jacket, Dougie. Gus gave him a worried look. You look like you're going into shock. Doug yanked the zipper up and pulled the hood over his head. Video said the golden years do brainwashing experiments. Like government brainwashing. It said they're trying to take over sternum using mind control. Somehow, shining winds involved. And maybe July, too. Doug held the glass cylinder up to Gus's face. This is an interstellar probe that can travel at the speed of light, he said. Gus blinked and readjusted his glasses. Doug took a drag of his cigarette and exhaled. It has such strong gravitational effects that it can mess with your head, like time and space and reality stuff. I think these are all over the island. Gus frowned and thought for a while. You know, between you, me, and the birds, I had a mental health issue years ago that required some professional help. I know, I'm everyone's easy-come and easy-go Gus these days. Gus rambled, seemingly unaware of Doug's confused look. But I wasn't always like that. I had a few anger issues. I couldn't control it, and it was ruining my life. I don't mind telling you that it was a small part of me and July going our separate ways. Anyhow, I ended up seeing loads of psychologists, therapists, counselors. You name it, I talked to it. But nothing worked. I mean, they were all good people with good intentions, right? The road to hell is paved with those and all that. Nothing matters at the end of the day if you just can't connect with someone. It needs to be a proper relationship. I don't really understand, Doug interjected. What are you talking about? Just hear me out, insisted Gus. Eventually, I found someone who clicked. Who really got me. It sure took a while to make it work but it helped me become the man you see before you today. So, you're saying you think I should go and see a therapist? Doug asked, growing weary of Gus's rambling. I'm saying you have to find someone who gets you, Gus explained. It could be a therapist, a doctor. I don't mean Dr. Hubble, right? Or a guru, a creative writing mentor, a lover, anyone. So long as you have a connection... The two stood silently in the rain for a long moment. Gus had gone pink again. Doug's head was lowered. He stared at the ground as he took another puff from his cigarette. Okay, look, Gus, Doug exhaled a plume of smoke. You can take what I just told you seriously or not, but you have to agree there's something bad going on. 
And I don't mean more llamas getting loose or that Mayor Mike's been dipping into the petty cash again. It's literally brainwashing shit on a mass scale. You said yourself that your dad always thought there was something more going on around here. Gus thought for a moment. Yes. Okay, you're right. I did say that. But he was quite demented in his last... Gus was interrupted by the blast of a ship's horn. It was the island hopper arriving from Terminal City. Doug watched it as it docked, as the crew moored the ferry and prepared it to wait out the incoming storm. Gus held Doug's arm. Come on, buddy. Let's get you out of the rain. Doug took one last puff, stubbed the cigarette out on the side of his car, and put the squashed little butt into a baggie. He got into the car. Shining wind is part of it, Doug continued. Or maybe not really, but he's involved somehow. In July, maybe. But maybe she's against it. I don't know, really. We should call the cops, said Gus, looking uncomfortable. <laughs> what cops? scoffed Doug. Sweetland's disappeared again. No, I mean Officer Singh. He didn't show up to Sweetland's bonfire. Hasn't been answering calls. I call that gone as well. So, unless there's some backup coming off this ferry, that's it, said Gus. They think the storm could be strong enough to knock out the cell phone towers again, like last winter. I don't think there's much that can help us now, replied Doug. They've already got their claws in. I mean, whatever it is, it's everywhere. Outside on the main road, a stream of vehicles had started unloading from the ferry. Among the usual trickle of cars and trucks was a convoy of large passenger buses. Their windows were steamed up. The two friends watched bus after bus drive by, filled to capacity with the ghostly silhouettes of passengers behind the fogged-up glass. The convoy headed northbound, up the hill toward the border, toward Mount Costo. That's a lot of tourists, said Gus. Those are definitely not tourists, Doug mumbled. The two looked at each other. They knew there was only one place where they'd find the answers that they needed. Rock is written and read by me, Nate Bitsinski. For more, go to apocalypserock.xyz. Please rate and review this story wherever you have found it, and share with any friends who you think might like it. Thanks for listening.